Ladies and gentlemen, I feel so unsure as I take this mic and lead you to the booth podcast. With me, as always, Richard Shonsby, Davey O'Doyle. I am Kalen McFadden Carver. Welcome back to the NFL show. Rich, Dave, how are we doing? 13 and 2. I'm feeling just fine. Phantom, Phantom, the boy is hot right now. Rich had a 13 and 2 week. And and one of those was was the Titans losing to the Texans. So basically 14 and 1. Hey, hey, hey Rich, who is the one team not named the Tennessee Titans who blew it for you? Motherfucking Carolina Panthers. Those guys have ruined perfection. They have nothing but disgrace to a perfect week twice in a row, man. This is a big vendetta against the Carolina Panthers on this podcast. So we already hated the Niners. We hated the Browns. Yep. Most of us hated the Browns. And now we hate the Panthers. If you're a team in the NFL, odds are we hate you. We're we're coming around. Whether you know it or not, eventually your team will be victimized. You will do something to, to spite us in some way, whether you know it or not, and it's over. There's no coming back once you're on our hate list. Um, wild week this week. couple upsets, couple blowouts, couple this, couple that. There were a couple studs. There were a couple duds. And we are going to start. We got to start positive. We will start with the studs. Dave. Stud of the week. There were a couple to choose from. Who do we got this week? Yeah, as as always, there's some guys who put up really impressive weeks in the NFL, and this week was no was no different. But I got to go with my with my heart with my boys in the Bengals, and I'm going to give my stud this week, Joe Mixon, 123 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and really, as far as the game plan went, which was ground and pound, he was the linchpin of our offensive game plan. And the reason why we beat another five and four team at the time by 19 points, right? There's that, I don't know if you guys saw, there's that angry run where he was running and like Jamar Chase was like just blocking in front of him, but he was in the way and he trucked him over, right? And then he broke like five tackles before gaining a couple extra yards. Like the dude is just an absolute freak. And as you're going to see, as I think, as it gets later in the season with football, your running attack for the most part becomes so much more important with, you know what I mean? Just battering defenses that already might be bruised up with the cold weather, opening up your pass game, right? The run game is so important. And the Bengals are lucky that one of the best players on the team, Joe Mixon can be the linchpin for him. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's an absolute monster out there. <clears throat> kind of bl- popped off in the fourth quarter. Like it was pretty close game. And then the fourth quarter, you guys just took over, dominated, got business done, handled it. But yeah, Mixon is Mixon is a huge component of that. Speaking of huge components to their respective offenses, Rich, stud of the week. Where are we going? We're going to Minnesota and we are going to Justin Jefferson, who has had a monster past two weeks. Uh this week, he put up 169 yards, I believe. Over the past two weeks, he's had 17 receptions for 312 yards and two touchdowns. Just on fire right now. And it's showing when Justin Jefferson is playing good, Minnesota is winning games. 
when Justin Jefferson draws that attention on the defense, he opens things up for other receivers like Adam Thielen and the running game with Dalvin Cook. It's a better Minnesota team when Justin Jefferson's playing good. Yeah, and and when you're playing, when he's playing great, you beat the Packers. Like that's a that's a huge win. One of the top two NFC seeds, huge dub. Jefferson is an absolute psycho freak. Those LSE receivers really are built different. Um, well, I did not go with um, I did not go with a Raven to fit the theme here. Could have went with my boy Tyler Huntley, Snoop getting the win in Soldier Field in Chi Town. Congrats to him. Go flock. Uh, now this week I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? <laughs> Rich made a good point. If this guy was my stud last week or the week before, I can't quite, I think it was last week. How the fuck is he not my stud this week? It, it, I think maybe, maybe the first ever back-to-back stud in the history of the pod, Jonathan Taylor, my goodness gracious me. He is, he's talented, huh? Five touchdowns, four on the ground, one through the air, 185 yards on the ground as well. Got about six yards a pop on a Bills defense that was looking pretty good coming into the game. We will get to them later. Um, <laughs> with Derrick Henry out with an injury, he's the best running back in football, and I don't think it's close right now. He's so good. Is it too early to like bring up an MVP discussion when you talk about him? No, no. At least, I, like, at least the offensive player of the year, right? I think – you know, I'm not I'm not saying that he is the MVP or necessarily the offensive player of the year, but he definitely deserves to be in both those discussions right now. Like I, said, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll give a running back MVP just because yeah. quarterback is such a viable position. But if that dude somehow gets snubbed, like if he keeps this pace up, there's no way. I don't think anybody else can win offensive player of the year. Jonathan Taylor, right now, I, lo- I saw before the we started this here. He has 1,444 yards from scrimmage. Aside from Derrick Henry, I think Derrick Henry has 1,091. The next active player not injured is Najee Harris at 1,022. He's got 400 more scrimmage yards than the next guy. He is just explosive in every sense of the word. Uh, Austin Eckler, just want to give a quick shout-out. Definitely deserving of a stud this week, too. Honorary stud, maybe. I don't know. But balled out on Sunday night football. So did Herbert. That whole Chargers team looked good again. Um but Jonathan Taylor, man, unbelievable. With Jonathan Taylor's excellent game, there's another side to that, and we will go with duds. Dave, start us off here. I'm glad you picked me first here because my dud is a team that I think much like people, I get upset when people give the 49ers too much credit. I was a guy who for a long time has been hitting the hitting the drum that like hey man the Chiefs just because they were good doesn't mean they are good and I've been guilty of this exact argument for one team and that is the aforementioned Buffalo Bills um you guys lost to the Jags you guys have looked good at some points and then really terrible at some points um not that the Colts are a bad team because the Colts are a good team they're a team that's red hot they probably will make the playoffs but you can't lose a game like that. What was it? 45 Devon or something, right? You it was can't ugly. lose. You can't be a good team and lose by that much to another playoff team. That's not how football works. That's not what it is. And now I'm really starting to wonder if 
if you didn't hear the episode where we talked about ranking the five win AFC teams a couple weeks ago, when Rich said like, Hey, are the bills actually as good as you guys, people say they are like, I think they're not very good. And me and carve to, <laughs> to take away some, any credit that we have left said, we both gave the bills too much credit here. Cause they need to now prove themselves to everybody because they do not look good. No, they look mighty stinky. Uh, and again, they have a guy back there who can clearly get it on track. Like he, they can, but they look so inconsistent. Like <clears throat> I think they, the thing that worries me is like when they look good, they look like they might have the biggest like root, the highest ceiling in the NFL. And when they look low, they look they're as bad as like four win teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're like by far the most inconsistent. But just like there seems that are inconsistent. Like the Titans are inconsistent. I'm sure we'll talk about the Titans, but like. They just look the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And that worries you if you're going into the playoffs. Like, what team is the Bills? Are they even good enough to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what week was it? Week four, week five, they went into Arrowhead and basically beat the Chiefs twice because of a weather delay and and kicked the shit out of them twice. And then they get absolutely dominated. It's 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 worrisome. But the guy who, who did call them out last week, we will go to him, Rich. Dud. I'll go with a team here too, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys. Boys, you you've been one of the best teams, one of the hottest teams all year, all year. You're matched up with a lowly Kansas City defense, twentieth ranked defense in the league. You put up nine points. Nine, you can only kick field goals. Oh, Dallas, come on, stinky, stinky, very, very stinky. How do you give Zeke Elliott nine carries? Was he hurt? Did I miss something here? No, they just gave him nine carries. I, I want to be the guy here who like defends Dallas. Like they didn't have Amari Cooper. They still don't have um, Smith on the O line. This and that, but like I I can't because I shit on teams all the time. Like especially the 49ers. If I'm gonna give you, hey man, you can't say like if we were healthy, blah blah blah, and then turn my back on it just because it's a team I like. But like yeah, I, I can't defend Dallas, man. I want to make that argument, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb, I think, left the game. Yeah, like you said, Cooper and Smith are out. But the whole thing is like Dallas supposedly has so many weapons. It's like, well, come on. Um, Especially, I think, especially against the defense. If it was against, you know, if we're talking about an elite defense here, it's a little different, still worrisome. But, yeah, Um, my dud actually on the fly has changed because I uh, – I thought it was. I thought I, I. I thought this team was taken, but it's going to round out the three teams we mentioned them earlier. Um, it's got to be the Titans this week. There's, and I mean this quite literally. There's not one fucking excuse available to use. I understand how banged up you are. Lots of teams are. I know you. You have so many guys in the IR. You've had to lose so many. Hey. Derrick Henry didn't get hurt five minutes before the game. Been hurt for a couple weeks now. You, 
you have to beat the Texans. I don't care if you're down every starter on offense, every starter on defense. It's the Texans. You have to beat them. Tyrod Taylor, hell of a story, hell of a player. He can't beat you. Okay, he can't. Not on this Texans team. There's no reason for you to lose that game. There's, dude, it's so frustrating because there's no reason for them to lose that game. And, and the crazy part is we've been seeing games like that all year. Last week, Dolphins, Ravens. We've seen Jets, Bengals. We've seen all these teams lose. Fucking Jets, Titans, Titans. What the fuck are we doing? I just, dude, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating to me because you have a good team. You have a good roster. Everyone talks about how good Vrabel is. Okay, well, how the fuck do you let this one slide? Okay. <sighs> Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout out in the worst way possible. Not a shout out you want to hear from the boys. A big shout out to Ryan Tannehill for throwing four picks against the Titans or the Texans. Up, Cheers Danny. to that big boy. Great job. Cheers. Here's a stat for you. Yes, you said the Titans have lost to the Texans and the Jets. That is now the number one team in the AFC has lost to two of the teams in the three-way tie for last in the AFC. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. The NFL this year is either it's cursed, it's jinxed, there's something. It's rich. You basically, as far as I'm concerned, you went 13 and one because there's there's no fucking reason. I, and that that's worrisome. Where it's like if, if if the Titans dropped one to the Jets earlier and now to the Texans, when they go to the playoffs and teams and coaches, you know you're gonna face your Andy Reeds, your Harbaugh's, you know maybe your Mike Tomlins. You know, whatever, those are good coaches. Like I don't think they're going to be unprepared in the playoffs. I know Vrabel did get one over Harbaugh, and the was a little unprepared, but that's not the point. It's just fucked. My honorable mention for a dud, I guess another one. Atlanta, hey, put up one point. Put up one point in prime time. I don't hey, care. You, if you field goal. One hey, field goal. Get a field goal. You weren't ever in range. No, couldn't just muster up one field goal. Nothing. But man, we said it. Fuck, do the Patriots look back? Christ. Things might be setting up here for uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, Super Bowl versus New England. I, I've never wanted something more, I think. Okay, Tampa, Tampa, Patriots make Super Bowl. Who do, you, who do you want and who do you think wins right now? I want Brady and the Buccaneers to go again. I think Belichick and the Patriots win. Yeah, I do too. That's three for three, <laughs> six for six. Yeah, I think uh, that defense looks unbelievable. Oh, so we we would have gone unanimous in the Super Bowl, so Tom would have won then. So That's good job, Tom. Hey, Tom. Fuck yeah, good job, Tom. Get another one. <laughs> um, yeah, that Patriots defense is is an X factor for sure on that team. And speaking of X factors, this week we decided. That's right, Rich. Throw up the X, Des Bryant. We were going to break down Des Bryant's career highlights. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we are going to talk about the AFC this week, and we are going to give you every AFC team's biggest X factor thus far. Um, basically, we're going to go through the AFC teams, probably division by division, I'm assuming, and we will give you you know, what has been their best piece there the the piece that has contributed the most to their success currently or 
you know, it might be, they might have, they might not have a lot of success, but this is the reason they have any. Um, so just pulling up the standings here, we will start at the top of the compass. AFC North. Top of the standings, the Baltimore Ravens. Watching every Ravens game, some multiple times. I'm just going to say it. It's Lamar Jackson. Without that guy, we are not seven and three. And without that guy, we are a miserable football team, to be honest with you. We squeaked one out against the Bears. Um, I know the last time we saw Lamar, he the offense was struggling in Miami, but we all watched against the Colts. We all watched against the Vikings. We all watched against the Chiefs. We all watched against um, all these teams, these last-minute heroics, these fourth-quarter heroics. Lamar is the X factor. Any any rebuttal or basically <laughs> uh, like I, I choose to side with you because I think you know more than what you're talking about than I would. And I agree Lamar is at, on field, he's the best player on the field. Usually he's the X factor, but I would like to also shout maybe he, they're not the X factor, but like one that I would consider is like uh Harbaugh and the coaches, man. For all Absolutely. that you complain about everything. Sometimes the play calling isn't good. This and that. You lose a couple games, right? But with the amount of injuries that that team has, the fact that Harbaugh puts on a winning product week after week, close games, adversity, second half comebacks. Like I said, Lamar has a lot to do with that, and maybe it almost goes hand in hand. But the fact that Harbaugh has those guys ready to go, what are you guys, eight and three? Seven and three right now. Yeah, Seven and three to win seven of your first ten games with an absolutely depleted backfield completely changed offensive line number two corner gone right like yeah it's hey i mean i've watched harbaugh now for what 13 14 years he's one of the best coaches in the league and this is one of those years where it's like he could easily be in the coach of the year conversation i don't think he will be or necessarily win it or anything but this year is as impressive a coaching year as he's had in my opinion but um yeah i mean in terms of on the field, some of the stuff Lamar does, you can't, you can't replicate here. But moving down, second place in the AFC North, we have who day, who day, who day say gonna beat them Bengals? Sure as fuck not the Raiders. Bengals. I will defer obviously to Rich on this one. Rich, lifelong Bengals fan. I'm, I'm just a trickster today. I. Uh, Get I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Dave, your Bengals, give us your X factor. This is tough for me because, like, I want to say a lot of different things. I want to say it's our under underappreciated defense. I want to say it's the ground game. But when you look at what the true X factor has been, it's honestly been Burrow to Chase. And I know right now you see Jamar Chase is leading the AFC uh, wide receiver, both in the Pro Bowl. And this is a guy's a Cincinnati Bengal. Like, keep that in mind. This isn't a popular franchise, right? That's how good Jamar Chase has been. Burrow to Chase is a connection that at every point this year has just been otherworldly. You know what I mean? Just the, the slant against the Ravens that opened it up from Jamar Chase. The Every time for the first four weeks down the sideline, right before halftime, 
Burrow would hit Chase deep, sometimes for a touchdown, sometimes to get him into field goal range. Always points at the end of the game. Um, the one passing score this week against the Raiders, or last week, I guess, was to Chase, right? People haven't been haven't figured out how to defend it yet. I said he hasn't had the same last couple weeks that he had at the beginning of this year, but this guy has just come out of obscurity, right? Like, didn't play not obscurity because he was a national champion at LSU, but didn't play didn't, didn't, yeah, didn't play in the last season, the COVID year in college, comes to the NFL and just absolutely tears it up and he's really become the deep the deep threat and really opened up our offense in the passing game. Yeah, I was going to say Jamar Chase too. Um, again, I think it's the thing where, I mean, you it's that chemistry. Um, <clears throat> he the two guys this draft class that are like, just like maybe the most impressive for me are Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons, just because of the exact same thing. Didn't pl- they haven't played football in over a year? Think of how in- how professional or competitive football in over a year, and they're coming in and Jamar Chase is this good. It's fucking on. Un- uh, it's 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 unbelievable. Unfortunately, we did commit to this, so we now have to talk about the Steelers X factor and say something good and positive. Uh, I'm trying to jump in here before anything happens with this. Yeah, Rich, you take this one. And I'm struggling to find an X factor. Yes. Yes. I only have two I can think of for this. I have, there's one guy. Oh, I have two. I have two. There's only two I have. Dave, you say you're, is one on offense, one on defense? One's on defense. One's, uh, in on the staff. Um. Yeah. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to just go for it or what? So are we talking Cam Hayward, Mike Tomlin? We're talking the defensive, the defensive line of the Steelers. I'll include T.J. Watt when he plays. Yeah. Yes. He changes games, right? Those guys always get the sack they need. Always get the stop, a fourth fumble. It's fucking infuriating to see, but those guys always get that because their D-line is so good. And then for how bad this team is on paper, for these guys have no reason to have five wins under their belt, and it's just because Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He is a great head coach. Those are the two X-Factors that the Steelers have. The only other one I could think of, and I don't think he's quite on that same echelon, is Najee Harris has looked really good. I don't, I don't, I don't take that as an X factor though because that's the only guy putting up offense on that team. So he looks great when he gets seventy percent of the workload, right? That's fair. That's that's exactly where I was going with that. I kind of looked at that. I said, "Oh, Najee Harris having a decent season, but he's having a decent season on the amount of touches that somebody should be having an unreal season." Yes. And to be fair, to be fair, he's a rookie, so give him a little bit of credit. Yeah. But yeah, like I can't say he's an X factor. Because he's the only one delivering offense on a team that has a whole side of the ball that's offense, right? So yeah. I would say that D line is an actual X factor that changes games, and Tomlin's a great coach, right? Okay, I'm gonna. My vote is going to be Dave. Who's your vote? Um, because I'm guess- gonna go with Mike Tomlin. You're going with Tomlin. I'm going with Tomlin. I was actually, yeah, I was gonna go. I'll go Tomlin because. TJ Watt's been hurt a lot of the year and they still yeah. have this kind of production on defense. Yeah. 
And maybe I'm just, I mean, they weren't even fucking playing me on Sunday night, but you know, I just saw Cam Hayward punch Justin Herbert in the stomach, maybe a little sour about it still, but don't, don't, uh, we'll don't worry about that guy. Like we got a, we got a big saucy game this week. We'll go, we'll go to rich. Where we go. We got two for Tomlin here. I think I'll go with that D line and TJ Watt, TJ Watt, especially just cause like Dave said, he's been hurt a lot of the year. Yeah. Still has 12 and a half sacks. Yes. That's so, unbelievable. Yeah. I think for that reason, I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Okay, my ears are hurt a little bit because I listened to a lot of positives about the Steelers. It's time to move on. Yeah, okay. let's move on to the Browns. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we do have to talk about Cleveland now. Cleveland Browns, this was the year. This was the Super Bowl. This was this was it. This was the year. Hey, guess what? Um. <laughs> this is Thinking, tough. If you think this isn't their offensive line, you're literally dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the best offensive line in football. Nick Chubb's in a lead back, but that all that team runs through the offensive line. Yeah, that uh it, I, I was trying to think of someone outside the offensive line that was, you know, Miles Garrett's having a great year. I think he leads league in sacks, but that offensive line controls and changes games. Yes, that's, that's the thing I was going to say. Like, yes, Miles Garrett's been great, but he's he's unlike TJ Watt because when he does his stats, they don't seem to be in the biggest moments. When I watch the Browns, they're yeah. not in the biggest moments that he makes those sacks, right? He gets them throughout the game, which is important, but he's not the guy who always gets the strip sack. Whereas week after week after week, the Browns' offensive line wins in the trenches, and they ball control that game. That's how they win every game. Rich, where are we going? Yeah, I think I'm in the exact same spot where I wanted to go Miles Garrett with this, and then I kind of just started actually thinking about this, and it's, yeah, that offensive line is the reason that they have yeah. won games this year. And for me, like <clears> – <throat> Dave, we talked about this, whether it's on Sunday or something. It's like, I hate giving credit to any Brown, any Steeler. Um, when it comes to the O-line of the Browns, they deserve it. So it's like these guys like Wyatt Teller, JC Treader, Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, like they don't, Joel Batonio. Yeah. Not one of those guys is a household name, but they are five of the best at their respective positions on the line. They are so good. It is, like you said, infuriating. Browns O-line hats off to you. Moving down the compass, we will head to the... (laughs) You guys can breathe now. (laughs) The first half of that segment was really, really fun. The second half wasn't as fun. I feel like Um, I just had poison, you know what I mean? That was like... A lethal dose of it. Moving to the AFC East, we are starting with the leaders in that division. Once again, the New England Patriots. Rich, we're going to start with you here. When you watch that Patriots team, what's the X factor? It's that Bill Belichick-led defense. It's got to be that entire defense as a unit. Just... He's hitting that stride. It's just showing us that New England's still here. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. They can win without Tom Brady. I think the thing that impresses me a lot about that defense, too, is it's like 
the main guys I think of are like Christian Barmore is having an unbelievable season for a rookie. JC Jackson has come out of being like a good corner to like the best lockdown man corner in the game now, like debatably, right? Just like they got McCordy on the back end. They have guys playing linebacker that like are too slow to play in any other system, like Van Noy and Hightower. Yeah, Devontae Hightower. And they're absolutely monstrous on that defense, right? And like, I'm not, and this is not at all saying like, oh, was he the problem? This defense has started to cook and they traded Stephon Gilmore. That's, yeah. and I think, you know, for me, honestly, I want to say the defense, I, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to say it's just Bill Belichick because I think, I mean, if you see JC Jackson every day in practice and every week on Sunday, I think you can easily, not easily, he's obviously a great talent, but I think you can say, all right, Stefan, time's up. We can get rid of you and be comfortable with her number one, clearly. But we've mentioned it before here. We've talked about it outside the pod. Mac Jones is second in the rookie of the year. I think Jamar Chase is far and away number one. But Mac Jones is, is – I don't even know how to describe it. Mac Jones is working perfectly for what he's asked to do. And I think that's because Bill Belichick knows, okay, last year, Cam Newton threw eight touchdowns. Okay. We had no explosive weapons yet. Somehow they're hanging 45 on teams. Okay. Something's got to be clicking offensively. That defense is fantastic, but it's because Bill Belichick's so smart. He knows, okay, don't ask Mac Jones to win games. Ask him to control the game. Ask him to not make mistakes. Just play football get those check downs, take those easy routes, give, give what the defense, take what the defense gives you. He's doing that. I think Bill Belichick's just, <laughs> he's a genius, man. He's the best coach to ever coach. I, I can concede to giving to Bill Belichick because that is his baby is that defense. Yeah. Right. And I want to give all the credit to the defense and the players matter, but there's been a lot of obscure players who have come to prominence in Bill Belichick's defense. That defense is Bill Belichick's baby. And he's and he's the guy, hey, who drafted Mac Jones, who told who's trusted Josh McDaniels to put him in the right scheme and system, right? So I can concede that all goes through Bill Belichick being the head man in New England, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I think it goes to your point too, is like you put Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower as two of the highest snap share players on defense in any other team. Are they are they this good? You know, like moving on. Unfortunately, we did bash the absolute piss out of them earlier. They are looking mighty, mighty stinky, but they do still have six wins. We will talk about the Buffalo Bills. X-Factor, Dave, I'm going to start off with you, partially because we started off with Rich last time, and then the other part of that is I have no idea where I'm going to go with this, so take it away, big man. Yeah, I mean, thanks for giving me this Herculean task now. You, you betcha, man. It's all on you. All right. Because I, I want to say, because in the past it has just been Josh Allen. Yep. But Josh Allen isn't the same this year. This isn't the same Josh Allen. I think this defense is better, but it's hard to justify that when you look at these games where they just get pounded by for 45 points. I mean, like, hey, it's not your fault you lost to Jacksonville. I guess you only let in nine points. Like, you should win that game, but... I don't know, man. It's tough to say where the X factor on this team actually is. I guess their defense, but 
I mean, like, yeah, I, I was going to go there. Defense. This is still the number one ranked defense in the league this year. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a good they, defense. It's just hard to they, see it when your recency bias is you getting torched for two hundred ground yards and five touchdowns by one guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. This this defense does have the least yards allowed and the least points allowed in the league so far. So. I think to make it easier on ourselves because we did talk ourselves into a bit of a hole earlier. We all just say the defense. Yeah. Um, but I will say just looking at this here, four of the bills, six wins, two have come against Miami. One's been Washington. One was the jets. I think rich uncovered a national secret. <laughs> The, the bills are fakers. The bills are stinky. Yeah. Am I a real analyst? Rich, you went 13 and 2 and discovered the bills were stinky. I think, and uh, shameless plug here, broke the first piece of booth news ever. Officially. Welcome back, Derek Dennis. Welcome back to the CFL. Listen to the CFL podcast right now. Go stop. Listen to it. If you respect us, but that's it. No, that was the worst way to start that. If you care at all about humanity, go listen to the CFL pod. The boys had a great interview with Weyburn Eagles provincial champion head coach Jody Kerr. It was fantastic. Go check it out. But back to our task at hand. Moving down, we have the Miami Dolphins. Fuck, this is getting hard. (laughs) We're not even half in the AFT yet, dude. This is fucking pathetic. Oh, this is why you listen, though. It's why you listen. And again, why you listen is we do this on the fly. This is the planning. This is the discussion. You're hearing it. Miami's four and seven. And for the vast majority, they have been shit-kicked. But they shut down Lamar and the Ravens completely on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago. (sighs) That defense looked back. It looked really, really good. Are we going? What are we we thinking here? Rich, what are you seeing? Don't know. Is it possible that a team just doesn't have an X factor? I think it is possible. I honestly (sighs) think it's possible. I don't know if this Miami team has an X factor. Well, and I like, don't think that necessarily makes you a terrible team. It just means you have well-rounded pieces that work together as a cohesive unit. And it's not outstanding, but it's not not working. Yeah. I mean, cause I can't, I don't think we can give it to the defense after one or two impressive games. And, and as much as I want to, I don't think I can just give it to Mike Gesicki. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, he's not as much as an X factor because he makes beautiful catches, but like that's the only single player that comes to my mind. He's a consistent safety valve. He does make the unreal catch. Should we just give it to him? Respect to tight end? Yes. I mean, nobody's listening to this that's a, a Dolphins fan. If you are, tweet us. If you I are, tweet us and tell us what the X factor is. I don't believe you exist. Yes. Tell us the X factor. I don't think there's any Dolphins fan listening to this right now, so we'll just give it to Kaseki. Mike, hey, Mike Kaseki, let's go. X-Factor, unfortunately, we struggled with the Dolphins. We head to New York to talk about the Jets. Joe Flacco. 
Yep, on board. He's the <laughs> X Factor. Let's move on. I mean, as most of these things go, it's probably I'd say for them specifically, like their only skill group that has really impressed me, I think, is their their defensive line. Who they somehow they yeah. get pressure and they get sacks. I don't know how, but they do. That's actually hey, that might be the best piece of analysis because on a very, very shitty, pathetic terrible, disgusting, humiliating, shameful, just awful Jets team. That D-line is um, – and, and the thing is they do it with guys that you aren't necessarily going to – you don't think of. I mean, John Franklin Myers at end got a big contract extension. He's low-key a stud. Quinn Williams obviously has been great. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that defense does – that defensive line, at least, you know, does does have something there. Yeah. Uh, they got Sheldon Rankins from the Saints. They got some stuff there. If he would have played one more impressive game before completely being a dud, we could have said maybe Mike White because he gave them their most impressive and anomaly akin event of the season, but. Rich, unless unless Rich has been a closeted Jets homer, there we go. We got the we got the no. It's gonna be the no. D line here. Yeah, heading down the compass again. We head to the south, and I buried him earlier. We talk about the Tennessee Titans. I know he's injured, but I think we all know the X factor here. Yeah, it's Derrick Henry, but when he's out, I think you can give a shout out also to that defensive front, who has Jeffrey been- Simmons. Jeffrey like Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, um, Harold Landry, like that's a good front. Hey, Bud Dupree's a hell of a player now, isn't he? Yes, sir. It's all yep. about the color of the jersey. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, but it's when and and hey, don't get this twisted. No. When healthy, it's one guy and one guy alone. There's a reason why they call this man the king of the NFL. He's called King Henry. I don't know if there's another team that's like, I'd argue, like maybe Lamar and Brady when he was still on the Patriots, but where it's like one guy is clearly your team. Yep. Derrick Henry. Um, yep. Like we mentioned earlier, though, a red hot, piping hot Colts team. Is it the same story here? Are we talking about one guy? I I would I would give it to six guys. I would say the overall. Well, hey, yeah, hey, hey, relax, relax with that face. Um, your <laughs> offensive lineman and then Jonathan Taylor. I would give it just to the run game in general, like I said, because their run game is ferocious. Their run game be- beats down every team they play, controls the clock. Right, that yeah. team goes through that. I'd say like the running game of the Colts is the X factor. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably accurate. Rich, you got uh, any uh, any rebuttals to that? I don't think there's any way you can argue with that. Just there's not a chance you can argue with that. No. There isn't. Um, oh, fuck. Texans, let's go. <laughs> I'm leaving all this in. I can't. I, what, like, what? No. Is it they, Davis Mills? I don't think they have an X Factor. I think the Dolphins are just kind of like a lot of decent guys who come together to make a decent team. And I think the Texans are just like shitty guys who make a shitty team. Yeah. Could you say it's Tyrod? Because when he's in the game, they're two and one. 
You're going to give Tyrod Taylor an X-Factor for playing three games in a season? You can't give a guy an X-Factor who's got seven touchdowns and eight interceptions. True that. True that. <laughs> All about those dubs, though. Yeah, no, it's uh, moving on. Oh, fuck. We go to the Jags. Are we? I, I wish it was Trevor Lawrence, but it's not. I wish it was James Robinson, but I don't know if it is. No, if we said we can't give a guy who's got seven touchdowns and eight interceptions, the X Factor, we can't give a guy like Trevor Lawrence who's got eight touchdowns and nine interceptions, the X Factors. So. Shit. Okay, so two X Factorless teams as we move on to the AFC West, unless anyone has anything to argue. Oh, but honestly, hey, if you're a Texans or a Jags fan, defend your defend your boys. Tweet us. Let us know who it is. I'll Let read it know. out on I'll read it out next week if you guys can defend yeah. it. Let us know who we are completely overlooking because I don't think there is somebody. Um we head to the AFC West, and just like the Patriots, once again back on top, everyone wrote them off. The Kansas City Chiefs. This one's interesting. This one's interesting. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Rich, let's start with you. Well, there, there's this is an X factor loaded team when you look at that offense. Take your pick. Do you want Patrick Mahomes? Do you want Tyreek Hill? Do you want Travis Kelsey? Like who who are you taking? I think I'm gonna go with Travis Kelsey just because he's so at the top of that position, at the top of that tight end position. Nobody else has a Travis Kelsey, so that kind of makes him your X factor. You only game plan for Travis Kelsey when you play the Chiefs because nobody has a tight end that matches him. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> obviously it's not a bad, bad pick. I think for me, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes because whether it's when they were winning or whether it's when they were losing, he the offense runs through him. Uh, I mean, literally, yes, I get it. But that's a guy that's leading the league in passing yards, second in the league in touchdowns. I mean, everyone wrote this team off, and suddenly you look at the last couple of weeks, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes again. And, you know, those turnovers, all that stuff, I think – I think he just needed to get out of his head. I think he was between his ears a little bit. And I think, you know, I think in any, in any field, any position in the NFL too, it's like you can get into slumps, you can get in your head and, you know, <laughs> I don't know why the first example that came to my mind was Trent Richardson, horrible example, but suddenly you can just forget how to see the hole. But I guess more recently, Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, in the preseason, this guy couldn't catch a football. Remember that? Well, guess what? Like Dave said, he's running away with every rec- rookie receiving record there is. So um, once Mahomes got out of his head, look at the Chiefs on top of the division, fourth in the AFC. They look to be as hot as ever. Uh, Dave, where are we going? I think just because, like you said, you can, you, you should praise Kelsey. You should praise Tyreek, but we've seen these guys get taken away countless times. Just the way the coverage lines up, the defense plans for them. But besides maybe the Bucks Super Bowl, has anybody actually taken away Patrick Mahomes? Truthfully, has is, is there anybody who's beaten Mahomes soundly and embarrassed him? Like, not really. He is 
I, I would argue he's probably the most feared man in the NFL. If you look at defensive coordinators who do not want to play on any given weekend, it's Patrick Mahomes because of the weapons, because of the talent, because of the throws he can make. Um, so the entire offense runs through him. He's the face of the NFL right now, whether you like it or not, and he's the X factor. I think the only person we've ever seen beat Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Right. That's it. And as soon as he conquers that, look what he can do. Um, all right. Heading west, we got the Los Angeles Chargers sitting at six and four, coming off of a 41 point win against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Yep, Monday was Giants Bucks. Um, the Chargers started off really, really hot. They started off piping hot. They were in a lot of teams' top five. They kind of fell off, hit a bit of a snag, but they did look really, really good on Sunday night. Um, the offense, at least. <sighs> Rich, where are we going? I think I'm going to keep this with Justin Herbert. We've said it time after time on this podcast. This guy is the quarterback you want to build a franchise around. He's that perfect mix of everything you want out of a quarterback. And this year, he still got almost 3,000 yards and 22 touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's definitely still their X factor. He's still, obviously, they have six wins. He's still winning them more games than he's losing. So, I think it's still Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the Chargers are one of those teams, Rich, I'm sorry. I mean, we know another one of those teams where it's like they they will just find a way to lose a game they have no business losing. I love you, buddy. Your team's turning it around, though. But the Chargers are a team like that where it's like, I don't know. Like, you could maybe look at the Ravens week, but I don't think that was it. When's the last time, kind of the Mahomes thing, you saw a team – you saw Herbert lose them a game. You know, I don't think he loses them games a lot. He certainly wins them for them. Um, the only other guy I would maybe throw in there just because he looks to actually have a head on his shoulders and it could be one of those duos we talk about is Brandon Staley. But I think as of right now, it's Herbert for me. Dave? You can't argue. That team runs through that high-flying offense and it's headed by Justin Herbert, who's playing well above his experience it's like um, it's weird to say but like there's a very real chance that in a hundred years from now people are talking about justin herbert and saying like wow i can't believe teams didn't take that guy in 2020 right in the draft yep yep he's like he might be right now out of everybody that's not named Mahomes. he's might be the generational talent in the nfl right now if you if you are the GM of a team, whatever fucking team. And it's a fan. We're redrafting the entire NFL. Everyone that plays redrafting it at number one, overall, you have the first pick. Who do you take? I think it's between those two guys, honestly. Yep. And I would, I guess the question, would you fault anyone if they took Herbert over Mahomes? I mean, as long as it fits your like what you want to do with your offense, you have literally no wrong choice taking either of those guys. Yeah, I'd probably take Davis Mills too. Um, heading to Las Vegas, 
We got the Raiders. Man, it's been a tough year for the Raiders. They kicked the year off on prime time, the first Monday night football game of the year, beating the Ravens in an absolute instant classic. And since then, their franchise has kind of fallen apart entirely. It's tough, and it sounds like a cop-out because we've talked about so many of them already, but I think you look at the one model of consistency on the Raiders, it's Derek Carr. It's the quarterback. He's the consummate professional. He puts his helmet on, goes to work. Look at the distractions around him. It's been nonstop and and major it's not these minor distractions it's these major things and if he's being asked about it at the podium he's being asked about it left and right what do you think you know yada 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 what does he do he goes out there and does what he can for this depleted organization so for me Derek Carr man I I know this isn't how the NFL awards it but if we're talking about valuable players Derek Carr is a top 10 guy we take Derek Carr out of that equation and that team is is utterly fucked. They got nothing. Like just yeah, look at all the things he's had to deal with, all the questions he's been asked, and how he's been the ultimate professional at the podium all year. He hasn't said a single thing wrong in any of the interviews he's had about Gruden, about rugs. It's all been ultimate professional from Carr. just this is a real off the field x factor yeah yeah i was, yeah. Gonna, I was gonna point that out too not only is he the best player on the field but he's the one one of the few strings holding that team from absolutely crumbling to the ground he said they probably won't make the playoffs they're probably i think we we, we all ranked them as not very good compared to most of the the contending afc teams but we talk about valuable players. Russ and Derek Carr are the two guys who will absolutely, they can hold your franchise above water or they could let them collapse to obscurity. And Derek Carr is the reason why the Raiders are not in obscurity right now. And like, I mean, since Gruden got there, whatever year that was, the narrative around there has been all Gruden hates Carr. He's going to trade Carr. Carr's gone. Carr's gone. They don't like Carr. Raiders don't trust Carr. He said to deal with that for how many years? And all this shit comes out about Gruden. And yeah, he just lunch pail goes to work. And yeah, at the podium every single time, it's just like, this is a guy that genuinely cares about his teammates. I know he said some things that some people did, you know, when he said that, you know, he wishes he could have done more or whatever, you know, when he said, I think he said something along the lines. He likes Gruden, hates what he did. People, hey, this is a guy that believes in people. Like, this is a guy that, he's a guy that I would want to play with. And, I mean, hey, to be honest, if you're listing NFL team, I'd like to play with any of your guys. But um, Derek Carr, you're a guy I'd like to play with. Um, And I think a lot of guys on that team feel like that. Last but not least, the Denver Broncos. I don't know why I kind of said it in the same inflection as the duds. Maybe that's foreshadowing, but uh, fuck. I don't know. You know who? I don't know why you're one of the most faithful listeners to this, but I fucking appreciate it. Um, This is one of those teams for me 
I can't think of one guy. Not saying they have good pieces. Yes. But there's not one player that blows it up like above and beyond. There's not one player that is the leader of the team. You know what I mean? It's just it's good players in a bad season with not the right guy at quarterback or probably the right guy on the sideline. And you definitely just, not the right guys on the sideline. It's just like it's just tough that they have so many good players, but they don't have a true X factor that separates them from everybody else. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing is like, they do have pieces. You could say like Justin Simmons has been great. Sertain's been a really great rookie. Like as a rookie, he's been fantastic. Um, Jonathan Cooper off the edge has been really great. Javante Williams, when he's been given touches, Judy, Judy. Corman Sutton, Tim Patrick, like they have good pieces. But, but there's nothing that jumps with me as an X factor. No, and it's tough because that's a team that once they do get the right guy under center and the right guy calling the plays and the right guy building the staff, like that team has so much potential and they are very, they're a very attractive roster for a free agent, in my opinion. But right now there's not one guy that jumps off the page. But they they have good pieces in multiple positions. I would say this is the opposite of like the Jags and the opposite of the Texans where like they're so bad they don't have an X factor. Whereas like maybe not the exact opposite, but like this team doesn't have the right two pieces at the most important positions in football, the coach and the quarterback, but everything else seems to some degree right. Yes. I think they've built the roster really good, just missing those those I, two. I would, I would almost say their new GM, what's his name? Peyton. Is that his last name? I think George Peyton. George, George Peyton. Like, I almost say if he goes out this offseason and he gets a good coach, like Biennemi, for example, and he gets a good quarterback, if he can find one, if they can do it, he will be the X factor of turning this team into a really good team. But for right now, I think they're X factorless, honestly. I would have to agree with that. Well, that concludes this segment. Got a little off the rails, but when doesn't it? Moving on to week 12. This is this is the main event right here. This is why we're all here. This is the main event. This is when Bruce Buffer says it's time. This is why you come. And this, is, this is why I come. This is why I come to, to this podcast. This is it. This it's, is it's, 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 see if I'm dog shit at predicting the NFL. Well, I can tell you if you are. Exactly. Rich, Dave, can. I'll tell you you're not because oh. you are still on top of the on top of the standings here. I am just going to start this week off by saying I got a little carried away. I was on the Kool Aid last week, and it ended in a week where I took. Chicago, Jacksonville, Detroit, and the Jets all in the same week. And ironically, the one upset I didn't take was the Texans. <laughs> Fuck. But uh, Richie, we talked about it in the intro. We're going to talk about it now. 13-2. and two. That can't go unnoticed, especially because Panthers, fuck you. You've, you've, you know, when they fuck me, and then it's officially a three-way fuck you, okay? Um, and the Texans Titans game. Did that really happen? Does that count? I don't know. I don't think it does. Um, this week we start off with a packed slate tomorrow. Of course, Thanksgiving. Carver, let's, let's just read out the records first, just to yep. finish up, to finish up this pick them and then we'll start. Yep. 
Rich, okay. give it to him. Okay. Carve, you are sitting at 43 and 40. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Above five hundo. Dave, yep. 50 and 33. You have officially hit the 50 win mark. Congratulations. Good job, hey man. That's, that's a lot of games above 500. I'll take that. Yeah. Currently, I am sitting after my 13 and two week, which really boosted the boosted the record to 47 and 36. Ooh. Richard, you're coming hot at my heels, man. We gotta we gotta get some gotta get some safe picks and some smart some smart <laughs> picks this week. Don't worry, boys. I'm going perfect the rest of the year, so you won't have to <laughs> worry about that. Yeah. But we start tomorrow. We got three games, of course. Thanksgiving in the States means absolutely dick all to us. We already had ours a month ago. It was great. It was lovely. Happy holidays to those listening down south. We start with the Bears and the Lions, an absolute cooker, a heater of a game. Of course, that's a joke. This game fucking sucks on paper, and it will suck in person too. Rich, NFC North, we got to start with you. Bears, Lions, Andy Dalton getting the start this week over the injured fields. I still think that Detroit's going to find some way to fuck this up. I still don't think Detroit's going to get a win. And I think it's going to be Chicago coming out with the win. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a big win. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a not fun game to watch, but it'll be Chicago. Dave. The, uh, the Bears are your noted second team, so we will go to you second. Where you, oh, led by your favorite man at the helm. Where are you going? Do it. Here's how it is. Here's how it is. Okay. Is Andy Dalton the most average quarterback in the NFL? Like, is he defined average? Like, if you're better than Andy Dalton, you're better than, like, you can just start. And if you're worse than Andy Dalton, you're, you can't be a starter. That's kind of how I see Andy Dalton. But Jared Goff, Jared Goff, like, the Lions shouldn't even – they should be flexed out of every game that matters. Like, they should be flexed to the noon window for every week until they win more than two games a year. And it still might be a while. <sighs> I, I guess I'll take the Bears. I mean – I guess. Yeah, that's the definition of this fucking game, eh? I guess. Like, I guess. So, like I, said, I, I have like a relatively free day tomorrow, and I'm considering like, hey, maybe I'll go to the gym during this one and watch the other two games. Um, you would be none the wiser. Um, I don't think Dan Campbell wants to watch this game. Of course, the report has been that Matt Nagy will be fired after this game unconfirmed no one knows if that's true but doing some deep dive here on the stats the lions are 37 42 and 2 in history on thanksgiving uh they've played the bears 13 times on thanksgiving going five and eight (sighs) history's not on their side but i am i think Matt Nagy fucking sucks. I know the Lions fucking suck, but I think Nagy will find a way to fuck this and get himself fired. 
tomorrow. I'm going Lions here. I took them last week. I've taken them way too fucking much. I don't know why. But, hey, this has to be it. It's Thanksgiving. Give them something to be thankful for. Give the Bears fans something to be thankful for. Get rid of Matt Nagy, please. Spent way too much time talking about that one. Moving on, we have the Raiders heading into Jerry World, taking on the Cowboys. Dave, we'll go right back to you. Big boys fan. And you just finished kicking the shit out of the Raiders. So where are you seeing this one going? The boys get back on track, man. That's how it's going to go. I mean, I'll respect what Derek Carr's trying to do to keep that team above water, like we said. But after a game where the Cowboys offense did nothing, coming back at home on Thanksgiving, all the eyes on them against the team, a very beatable team, I think the Cowboys will get right. Rich? Yeah, I'm going to agree. That's a That's a – Dallas team that's in need of a bounce back game. And I think the Raiders are a perfect team to do that against. Yeah. Agree with everything you guys have said. Plus if there's one thing Jerry Jones loves more than winning football games, it's winning football games in primetime slots with the nation watching on national holidays. So yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to win this one fairly handily. Rounding out the Thanksgiving slate of games in the evening, we have the stinky, stinky Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to start with this one here. I want to do it. I don't think the Bills are as good. I don't think the Bills are. I. What have they proven? I want to take the Saints, Sean Payton. And I'm going to. Sean Payton is undefeated on holidays. I think that streak continues tomorrow. I think he finds a way to beat the Bills. The Bills are down right now. I think Sean Payton finds a way to get this win. Rich, where are we going with this one? Um, I'm going to stick with Buffalo. I still trust that Buffalo defense. I, that's still the number one ranked defense in the league. And I don't think that that New Orleans QB situation can get them the win over the number one ranked defense in the league. So I'll go Buffalo. One Buffalo, one Saint. Dave? You have this as my oath. I make an oath to you two and the listeners. I will take the Buffalo Bills, and if they lose, I will never take them again. I don't care who they're playing. This This is the only week that has ever mattered. For me and the Buffalo Bills, because I said this, Buffalo, win a football game. He's calling you out, Buffalo. Can you do it? Can you can you step up to the task and do the unthinkable and win a game? Maybe. Ooh, we thought that Bears-Lions was spicy. Wait till we get a load of Falcons-Jags on <laughs> Sunday. I don't know what game I expected, but that game was way more laughable than it should be. It will be laughable. Um, the Falcons got shut out. They. <laughs> I don't have much analysis for this, man. Grand- none. <laughs> there is none. There is none. Let's just go picks. Rich, where are we going? I don't even know why I'm going to pick them, but I'll go Atlanta. Okay. Dave. I don't have any reasoning. Davey, where are we going? 
Um, I'm going to go Atlanta too because that defense actually played pretty good for the first three quarters against the Patriots. Um, that's the only reason that defense was hopeful. That offense looked like absolute atrocious dog shit, but not that the Jags are that good, so maybe Atlanta can squeak one out. Oh, fuck. I'm in a position where I'm already going to take the Lions and Jags again. We're not even, <laughs> we're not even six games into this thing, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Jags, man. I think the Falcons looked really, really bad last week. The defense did look good. The Jags looked really, really bad last week. Maybe the only deciding factor is the Jags put up points, so we'll go with that. But you thought the Lions and Bears were spicy? No, no, no. You thought the Falcons and Jags was spicy? No, no, no. We got the Jets taking on the Texans in Houston. This one might be the spiciest of the weekend. This is this is toasty. Dave, where do we see this one going? Two AFC juggernauts fighting for the number one seed. Um, what do you think is going to happen here? The moment this leaves my mouth, I'm going to regret it, but I'm taking the Texans. They, I, I, either team you could like either team you could say that for. They're saying that Zach Wilson might be back, and I think Zach Wilson is honestly one of the worst choices to put in a game. That dude will throw the Texans three picks. He hasn't played in how long, and he's already prone to throwing interceptions. Man, that's going to be bad. I'm going to pick the, the Texans. Rich, where are we going? I'm going to go with the Texans too. I think. I mean, <laughs> we saw some we saw some things, not amazing things, but we saw them at least win a game last week. We so that's something, I guess. We did not see that out of the Jets, so I'll go Houston. We're fucking six games into this, and I'm already gonna take the Lions. And the Jags and the Jets again, but I'm doing it. I think the Jets will find a way to win. Maybe it's my hope in Flacco. Maybe it is Zach Wilson. I don't know. Nope. I'm changing it on the fly. I'm changing it because Tyrod Taylor, if he's starting, I have faith in Tyrod. I don't give a fuck about this game. I don't care if this game actually, I don't, I'm sorry. It, it, <laughs> oh, <laughs> That is right. This game. Oh, it's 3-0 Texans, right? It's 3-0 Texans, yes. Move on. This is looking like an awful morning slate. And I just want to say, this is go over. watch the CFL there's games, there's games coming. instead. There's games coming in that morning slate. There's games coming. There is games coming. This one would have been one of them, I think. I'm not too sure anymore. We have the Titans going to Foxborough. Interesting. But I'm going to start it off. We've been tooting their horn. They have been feeling themselves being an elite team once again. I'm going Pats, and I think Pats comfortably here. Dave? I'll take the Pats. I don't even care if the over-under is. The Pats will cover. There we go. Rich? I don't know if I want to take Tennessee just because you guys both took the Pats, but I don't think I can do it because this is – an amazing New England Patriots team right now that I can't pick against. So I will also go Pats. There we go. <clears throat> this game, division game, we got the Eagles taking on the Giants. I set them up. 
just to knock them down. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles just really quick here. The Eagles look like they're hot. The Giants look like they're incompetent at every single thing. Um, they fired Jason Garrett. That might make them better. So I think they got a lot more to get rid of before they're even close to being a good team. But Jalen Hurts, the Eagles are on the upswing. Going Eagles. Rich, where are we going? Yeah, I'll, I'll go Eagles too. This Giants team is so bad. Like, so okay, bad. Jason Garrett was part of the problem, but he was a very – he was not the biggest part of that problem. That was your first step to fix it was fire Jason Garrett. What? It's like getting shot in the stomach and putting a bandaid on it. It's like, yeah, yeah. I guess it helps, but I think there's other fish to fry. Yeah. Dave. Um, I want to apologize right now to anybody who supports the Eagles and likes the Eagles for not picking the Eagles last week. My heart told me Eagles and I picked against them. I used my head and I was dead wrong. The Eagles right now have a top three easiest schedule remaining. The Eagles will probably make the playoffs in the NFC. I think it'll be the Rams and the Vikings and the Eagles. Now, after last week, we talked about would it be maybe the Panthers or maybe the Saints for that last spot. I think it's going to be the Eagles, honestly. And I think the Eagles will win this one probably by 10 plus. Oof, I love it. Love that. Next, we have another division game. And this, of course, is the one that... Some of us want to talk about. We have the Steelers and the Bengals. Dave, I'm just going to get this off my chest. I hope I don't lose you as a friend, but I'm just kidding. Of course, it's going to be who day. I think the Bengals are great offense, great defense. I think Pittsburgh technically has an offense, and they have a great defense. Um, It's the Bengals. Bengals for me. Dave, where are we going? Oh, you know we're going to Cincinnati, man. Uh, the Bengals right now have a two-game winning streak against the Steelers. We beat them earlier in the year. A lot of trash talk because they pretty much quit playing in the fourth quarter against us. The last yeah, game. well, at least their quarterback didn't fall over throwing the pass too hard because that would be fucking atrocious if it happened. Check that one has happened. Um, what? Uh, and then last year... When they were really hot for those first couple weeks, we were the second loss. We dealt them on Monday Night Football. They lost to Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. So, I mean, we're back at home now. We're coming off a bye week and a big win to set the, set the tone for the second half of the year. Um, I think we have a better team than the Steelers. I really do. I think we'll defend the jungle at home. Put me down for Cincinnati. Put me down for a very happy win right here, and then I'll go watch the Ryder game after that. So, yeah, Bengals. There we go. Rich? Yeah, I'll go Bengals too. This is this Pittsburgh team looks to me like they're not as good as their record shows. These two teams are back to back in the standings there, but they are not as good as that record shows. And Cincinnati is probably better than their record shows. So that's right, gangsters. I would agree with that. This um, outs, I probably would say this is the game of the morning slate. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into Indianapolis, taking on the Colts. Rich, we'll go right back to you here. Where are we going with this one? This is tough. I hate – I don't want to pick against Tom Brady, and I don't want to pick against Jonathan Taylor in that O-line. So I don't know where I'm going. But on a coin flip, I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Tampa. I think I'm going to ride with Tom. Yeah, I'll take Tampa in that one. I don't think it's ever a – I don't think anyone can ever fault you for picking Brady. So, hey, riding Tampa, Dave, 
Where are we going? Um, I think I've been, I want to make up for past sins for this one. And I really feel strongly that the Colts are an absolute wagon team right now. Wentz is playing good. That offensive line is destructive. Jonathan Taylor might be the best offensive player in the league. That defense is solid. Um, the Bucks picking against Brady and the Buccaneers, it seems like a really bad task at any point. But truthfully, I feel so good about how this Colts team is playing as I think the Colts will have a big statement win. This will be the win for the Colts that when you look later after the season's done, this will be the win that really boosts their spirits that they could really make a run in the playoffs. Whether or not they will, I don't know. But this feels like the win could launch them off into being the Tennessee Titans team of a couple years ago when they were a wild card team and made it all the way to the AFC finals, right? This could be this kind of game for the Colts. I don't know if they'll make it that far in the, in the playoffs, but I'm picking this as a big statement win for the Colts. I agree with everything you just said there. And Rich, I hate picking against Tom Brady, but I'm going to pick against Tom Brady here. The Colts are an absolute wagon. And what's, you know, we've seen this with elite quarterbacks. What's the best way to stop them, keep them off the field. How do you keep them off the field? By having the best running back in football behind a top three O-line in football, ground and pound. The Bucs have a great run defense, so that's going to be an interesting battle. I think Vita Vey versus Quentin Nelson will be a battle that not many people are watching, but it's going to be ferocious. Uh, yep, I'm going to pick Colts here. Next, we have a team that I formally let go one of their players last week on this pod. We have Carolina Panthers led by someone not named Sam Darnold taking on the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take a quick second to think about this. Dave, where are we going with this? Because I don't know. Um. This one's a little bit tougher than I think. I think this game might be closer than people think, but I think it's just the strength of the Panthers' defense. That's still pretty frisky, actually, to be honest. I don't think the offense the Panthers have will be able to withstand throughout the year. I don't think they're that good. Um, But besides the one lucky win the Dolphins squeaked off against the Ravens, they really haven't shown me anything too impressive this year. And I think that Panthers' defense is still to some point impressive. So I'll pick the Panthers, but I think it, it stays close. Yeah, I um, I can see that happening. Um, last week, Washington, I think we all, they pulled off an upset. I don't think people had I picked them. Washington last week, but. Okay. Um, shit, I'm still undecided. Rich, you go. I'm not picking Carolina. I thought, dude, I did didn't think you were going to say Carolina. I thought you just said, I'm not picking. I'm not picking. I am bowing out. Taking myself out of Panthers games. But no, I'm not picking Carolina after what they did to me last week with my picks. The level of pettiness on this podcast is unbelievably high, and I love it. What's going to happen if the Panthers play the Niners? We don't talk about that. We don't need to talk about that right now. Um, oh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'll go Miami. I'll go Miami. I think I'm going to take Miami out of solidarity for you guys. Panthers have fucked you guys both, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. Next, we have a divisional game, AFC West matchup. We have the Chargers heading to Mile High, taking on the Broncos. Um, they have yet to meet this year, I think. 
um, analysis. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Chargers. The Chargers look great. Um, the Broncos don't. Um, I think that's, that's my analysis on this one. Dave? Um, I don't think – I just look at stuff like this, and when it's like a little bit close, like I'm leaning Chargers anyways, but when I look at if this is – who's the better quarterback, Herbert? Who's the better coach, Staley? And that's really what you need to know. That's a team with an X factor, and we said Denver doesn't have an X factor. Um, I think because the divisional game and the defense is not bad, this might not be a total runaway like some people may think, this will be close to the divisional game, but I still like the Chargers. Yeah. Rich? I'm going to pick the upset in this one. I'm going to take Denver. I just think the NFL is good for at least one upset a week. It usually comes in a divisional game, and I think this will be the one. I think Denver will take one here. Excellent. Excellent pick. I mean, yeah, if we're talking upsets, I apparently – pick the Lions, Jets, Jags every week. So I'm bound to hit one of these. Um, Heading to San Fran. We have the Vikings. We got the Vikings in San Francisco. Rich, I'm riding with your boys. I'm taking the Vikings. It's skull season. Rich, we defer to you. Who do you got? I think this is an interesting game. This is kind of a game between two teams that are very much on the bubble for a playoff spot. Um, So I think it'll be an interesting matchup. I think this will really show are the Vikings really on the top of those bubble teams? Um, And I think they are. I think they're just the overall better team than San Francisco. So I'll take Minnesota. Dave. School. Let's go. There we go. Simple. Sorry that we cursed the Vikings, but... um... A very, very, maybe the game of the afternoon slate. We have the Rams heading to Lambeau, taking on the Packers. That one on paper looks like a great game. First thoughts. I'm going to go Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers off a loss. I mean, first of all, I'm just going to say this really quick. We've all talked about this. Has Aaron Rodgers went and lost his damn mind? This guy's, this guy's, I mean, we all know controversy a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. This guy's out here just barefoot in interviews and he's just getting his feet in the camera. What are we doing? I'm at a loss. I, I have no words. But on the field, he is a bad, bad man. And the Rams have, the Rams look, the Rams are good. I think we know that. Problem is, they have a couple games this year where they've absolutely busted and looked terrible. And I think, I know Stafford knows the Packers well, but I think this is a L.A. warm weather dome team heading into chilly Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers loves that. Coming off of a loss, I just, my heart and head is telling me Packers in this one. Dave. This one for me is really it's really is a coin flip almost. I can honestly see it going either way. Um, 
it's so tough. I mean, usually my rule for this is if it's truly down the middle, is take the home team. Um, so, but I don't know. It feels like the Rams have to get back on track sometime if they're a real team. And like I said, maybe they're not as real as we think. I don't know. Um, Reese, are you taking the Rams? No, I'm going to take the Packers. I think really it's about the the weather and being at Lambeau. It's going to be, I think, plus two Celsius and possibly flurries. So that's not a game for a Los Angeles team. Yeah, I'll go with the Packers too, I think. Um, especially if there is flurries, that suits a lot better to A.J. Dillon pounding the rock down the throats of the Rams than it does for the Rams trying to establish Henderson as the most dominant player on the field. So I'll take the Packers as well. That brings us to Sunday night football. We have the Cleveland Browns in M&T Bank Stadium taking on Baltimore. Come see me. I'm about that. Lamar is going to be back for this. Said today he's feeling 120%, which, oh, my God, <laughs> can't wait. Um, I've, I'm have i going to go to Rich first. Rich, where are we going? I think this is a pretty easy one. I don't think this is a Cleveland team that put up, what, 13 points on Detroit last week. This yep. is going to be a much different game for them against Baltimore, and it's not going to be good. Dave? Um, the, the Ravens are a solid unit. This feels like a game where Lamar takes stuff into his own hands in these type of situations, and you guys don't lose these games. That's what it feels like. This feels like a big trust through and through game against a division rival, a game that a team that's not very good, even if you guys start slow. This feels like a Lamar game to take over. Um, Baker's out here. He's, he's hurt. As we speak, he's hurt all over his knee, his shoulder, whatever. His his brain cells are hurt, too. He just keeps running his mouth, getting his wife to comment on social media. I don't see how this team can be 100% behind Baker, whereas you see the Ravens, man. Everybody is throwing up big trusts, right? At home, I don't think there's any way that the Ravens can lose this one. This feels like tempting fate but I'm doing it. I'm hopping on. Of course, I'm going to ride with my boy. I shouldn't say, of course, but uh, I'm taking my boys. Baker was the first overall pick of the 2018 draft. Lamar was the 32nd overall pick, the first and last pick of the first round, respectively. Lamar Jackson has owned Baker's ass. He has. And Lamar Jackson's going to get the big contract, and Baker won't. And Lamar Jackson wins games, and Baker loses the ones he should win. Uh, I'm taking that. Oh, sorry, buddy. No, um, this kidding. is one of my favorite things to look at is because if you flip, I mean, it helps that one went to the Ravens and the other one went to the Browns. But yeah. if you just said, if you told people, if you flipped history on this and said the Ravens had the first overall pick and it was Lamar Jackson and the Browns had the 32nd overall pick and it was Baker Mayfield, this draft would make complete sense because those guys play exactly like those two spots, but it's not, it's the exact opposite. And Baker plays like a quarterback who just barely can get it done in with all the right stuff around him. And Lamar is the heart and soul of the Ravens offense and a former MVP, right? Yep. Yep. So we went 3-0. So fuck, I'm pissed already Sunday night. But Sorry, we went 3-0 on the Vikings and the Bengals too, dude. Fuck, we could be headed. Also, just want to say, last week, 
congratulations, boys. The handshakes. We got the, the three handshakes going. Vikings win. Bengals win. Ravens win. And we and to the, the, the near and dear friends in our life, they were on a bye week, Denver. So we count that as a win because it wasn't a loss. Great week. Um, Monday night, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to dress it up. I have nothing to say. This game fucking sucks. We have the Seahawks in Washington taking on the football team. I don't want to flex these games. Like, I don't, I don't think you can only flex at a certain point. These games stink. Who wants to watch these? I don't want to watch this game. I might not watch this game. I probably will. But, uh, um, yeah, Russ, fuck it. He'll get it done. Both these teams suck. I'm going to say, fuck it, Russ won't get it done. I'm going to take Washington. Washington's coming off a win. Dave, uh, you're the, think, you're the tiebreaker in this, in, this, in this absolute barn burner. Last week, I picked uh, Washington to be my one upset, and they won. Uh, Russ hasn't looked the same. That defense is atrocious. The Washington defense is okay, and they have some good skill players. I'll take Washington. Holy shit. I mean, I can't argue with anything. I just, I, I feel I, for the same way that kind of like you said with the Rams, like I, at some point they have to get back on track. I feel like at some point Russ has to be Russ again. I don't think, I don't, but the more I listen to stuff, dude, the more I think Russ is gone after the season's done. Regardless of Pete Carroll, that dude might just say like, get four first round draft picks and get me out of here. Yep. And what, Seattle might just do it, man. Because yep. it seems like he's he's gone. People saying, because where his wife wants to go with her, like her business, he might be a giant next year. Cause Daniel Jones, isn't it like, I'm Miami. starting to believe that stuff, man. You're Miami too, right? I'm starting to believe this stuff. Each week it looks more and more likely. I think we right. can all agree on that. Right. Um, I mean, we don't think Russ is actually this bad. This, some of this has to be mentally like he's checked out of being there. Right. I mean, yeah, DK Metcalf is a nice piece. Tyler Lockett and him obviously have a great connection. Chris Carson's out for the year. Okay, Will Disley. All right. That O-line. Dwayne Brown was good in 2012. All right. Get me an edge rusher. All right, we'll get you Carlos Dunlap. No disrespect, but that would have been great in 2015. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's Seahawks are a bad football team. And, of course, that rounds out this week on a bye. We have two of the most exciting watches, Arizona and Kansas City. So they will rest up, get healthy but those are our picks that was our afc x factor rundown those were our studs and duds that was the intro and that's the recap of the episode thank you for listening or not listening either way appreciate it um go follow us on instagram and twitter at the booth ec go listen to these two boys interview provincial champion wayburn eagles head coach jody kerr and they also break down the CFL playoffs, which are starting this weekend. Um, we got the Western semifinal in Mosaic Stadium. Keep an eye out. The boys will be there. The boys, Keep an eye on the socials. We'll put out a little game preview. It is going to be, we said it a couple times sarcastically, but that is going to be spicy. That's going to be hot. You're not going to want to miss that. And as always, just fucking... Just vibe, man. Just chill. Do what you want. Listen to us. Don't listen to us. Buy merch. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything you do. Uh, Go like, share, subscribe, follow, tell your friends. 
all of it. It helps. It really, really does. And like Dave said, if you are a Dolphins fan, a Texans fan, or a Jags fan, tweet us, DM us, let us know who we missed is your X Factor. Um, Denver. Nope. Denver too. But wait, Dolphins, we did pick Mike Gesicki. So we're sticking by that. So if there's someone that we egregiously missed, let us know. But um, I'm sure we'll hear from some Denver fans of who the X Factor is. Um, but with that being said, boys, anything else to add? Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody in America. Um, the NFL, you kind of let us down with the three games you picked to put on Thanksgiving. So from Canada, like, wow, thanks, I guess. I guess. But, hey, if you're listening to this down south, uh, enjoy some turkey. Enjoy your family. Turn on some football. Maybe turn off some football because the Lions are playing. But hey, you mean you mean the one nine and one Lions? I mean the the Jerichoff has never won a game without Sean McVay Lions. Yeah, dude, why did I take them again? And I took the fucking Jags, and I took maybe that was it. Maybe I just yes. took. Oh no 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 no! You did I not. I oh flipped. right, you switched. You switched. Okay, you're right. Dude, why do I keep doing this though? I don't know. One of them, it's gonna it's gonna hit one week, and I'm gonna look like a fucking sharp. I'm gonna look like a genius. But until that happens, we will be here giving you this ridiculousness every single week. We appreciate it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.